Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi everyone, this is an episode about harnessing the power of your intuition. I love intuition. We all have it, you have it, I have it. But I think we don't always know that we're using it or how to use it, or even if it's okay and valid to rely on versus more traditional accepted sources of data and truth. So this episode is all about what intuition is actually about, what it actually does, and how to really tune in to what your intuition is telling you so that you can make decisions that may not be obvious or apparent, but are actually what's best for you. And I'm really excited to be talking about this topic today because astrologically, I think that using intuition is much needed right now. (laughs) It's a really, really apropos topic. For those of you who follow astrology, you probably know that we are experiencing Mercury retrograde right now. It's something that happens a few times every year, but really Mercury retrograde is this amazing, sometimes frustrating, but really beautiful, slow period of time where one gets to do all these words that start with the letters R-E. You are revising the plans that you had previously sketched out. You might be reimagining what the future holds for you. You may be reminiscing about people and events and things of the past, and you may be reflecting on where your life is going, where you're going. It's really beautiful. I think of Mercury retrograde as a pause. It's a chance to stop moving forward on this hamster wheel of action, 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 action that so many of us find ourselves on and instead get off the wheel and just to go deep, go deep with what your soul wants, go deep with where you are. This moment is even more heightened because not only are we in a Mercury retrograde, there are also five other planets in retrograde as well, which is pretty bonkers. In addition to Mercury, Mercury is joined by Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, Saturn, and Jupiter. Five other very, very powerful planets in retrograde, which is pretty extraordinary. And so it may feel very much like you're walking through quicksand. You know, you can't seem to move forward no matter how much effort you put into trying to get out of it. Or it may feel like all of your windows are foggy. Does it feel like you can't quite get clarity on what the future holds or even what you want? It's hard to see what the best decision is. And it's really hard to make any decisions that go too far in the future because you're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And that's really how I feel right now. Normally, I love being in action. I love driving things forward. But right now, I have so many question marks in my life. I feel like I'm waiting on decisions when it comes to so many things. 
and just feels like a pile of uncertainty. And normally I would just sort of reach out to one thing that I could really grasp hold of and take comfort there. But it feels like almost everything has a question mark to it. It's funny, the other day, my husband's mom was trying to get a sense for whether or not we were gonna be back for Christmas, to go to Canada for Christmas. And normally it's just a no brainer. Like, yes, absolutely. We'll be there for Christmas. We both love going there. It's one of my favorite places. But this year we just have no idea. Big part of it is this house. Uh, I think I talked about pretty significantly in the last episode, but we put an offer in on a house and not only is it a house, but it's 22 acres of land that would require some renovation right off the bat and then would also require someone to be there pretty much all the time because it is so much land and there are a few different buildings and in the winter in Connecticut then you know so many things can happen especially when all the buildings are on their own septic system and also on their own you know generators and you know it's not like you're just plugged into the city system So we don't know if we're getting this house. We put the original offer in like literally almost a month ago, but the person who's selling the house has just been really, really dragging her feet about how to move forward. And I feel like she's probably experiencing the same thing that we are for different reasons, but you know, she's in that quicksand as well. And the background on that is, is that she's probably in her mid eighties she was married to her husband for 50 years and he passed away just six months ago. So letting go of this home, which is her second home, and she doesn't really live in it at all, but it's more symbolic that letting go of this is like saying goodbye to him, which is this really sad, fresh wound that would just be reopened again. So it's been uncharacteristically long. They had our offer for two weeks before they responded back with changes. And then once they gave the changes, it was even more waiting. So essentially right now, our lawyer is hashing it out with their lawyer. We really don't know if this house is gonna happen. If it does wind up working out, then it'll mean a significant commitment to being here in New York and also to being with a house. And then I'm also waiting to figure out what the deal is with my book. I just finished a round of revisions for my agent, but basically I'm not really going to know for a couple more weeks, maybe two to three more weeks, what the deal is with my book. I mean, if the publisher wants to try to rush it, then I'll be writing furiously for like three to six months and just be focused on that and not really be traveling and doing other stuff. But if it's more leisurely and I get a full year to write the book, then it means that, you know, I can make some changes to my travel plans. So then Dev and I also have a couple of trips planned. We're going to Austin, Texas, and then we're going to Paris. And it's sort of hard to plan if we want to stay for longer around those trips or not, just because we don't know what's going on with the house and we don't know what's going on in the book. And then we also don't know what's going on with our baby journey. We want to do IVF starting in the new year, but we don't really know what that means and what it's going to look like. And honestly, I've been wanting to not do any research and not want to think about it because I wanted to take a little bit of a break from this fertility journey. This is all a really long-winded way to say, I definitely feel like I'm floating in quicksand right now. And I actually don't know if a lot of these choices that I'm making for myself right now are the right ones, if I'm motivated by the right things. 
And so I made the commitment this morning that I am going to do everything in my power to hone my sense of intuition. My intuition, when it is clear and when it is sharp and when I'm doing all the things that I need to allow it to speak and to be heard, has never disappointed me. I actually rely on my intuition a lot during coaching. I actually use my intuition nonstop when I'm coaching. And it's because you have this person who's a different person than you sharing where they're coming from and what they're going through. And I'm trying to really understand what that means, which is not intuitive because they're not me. I'm not them. I can't make assumptions. And so I really, really have to listen and I have to just use my intuition to guide me to places that have more questions. And I'm not using my intuition to tell me exactly how they feel, but I really have to follow it to understand the line of questioning that I need to go down. A lot of my coaching sessions involve me listening like 90% of the time. And then at the very end, kind of synthesizing, giving recommendations and coming to some sort of solution together. But really I'm using that intuition and sometimes it ask something or say something that doesn't really make a lot of sense in the moment, but then it so, so hits for that client where they're just like, oh, wow, thank you. Or, oh, wow. And then a huge emotional reaction comes, but it's totally based on nothing more than having this, this voice pop into my head that says, oh, you should ask this, or what about that? And so I'm a big fan of intuition, but I also know that intuition doesn't work for you unless you work for your intuition. And so that means setting yourself up so that you can really hear it and that you are a clear channel for receiving the messages that come in. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. And before I actually dive into the process of what you need to do to clarify your intuition, I wanna actually distill and define what your intuition is because it's kind of a fuzzy word that has a lot of vague connotation to it. Like, a superficiality or unrealness, like, oh, I'm using my intuition. And then the big critique is like, well, what does that mean? Where's the data? You know, where's the backup? So let's talk about that first. You may have heard intuition referred to as gut feelings and knowing, whatever it is. Essentially, the way psychologists define intuition is the immediate understanding, knowledge, or awareness derived neither from perception nor for reasoning. It is an automatic, effortless feeling that often quickly motivates you to act. Where does this come from? A lot of people think that it comes from this type of processing that our brain does that is so fast and so strong that we actually cannot even consciously keep up with it. And Daniel Kahneman in his book, Thinking fast and thinking slow talks about this a lot. It's fast thinking. It's happening so quickly that you yourself cannot even actually track all the connections, synthesis, and the synapses that are firing that lead you to that answer. You just know the answer and your brain was able to know it faster than you as a human could. Some people also think that this intuition comes from the gut, like the actual gut of your body, which is related to a chakra where, you know, you can have creativity and decision-making as well. But essentially our gut has about a hundred million neurons that line the digestive tracts. And so that's even more neurons than are found in the spinal cord. 
And so that points to the gut as having this incredible ability to process very quickly. And just like with our brain, our conscious brain, the gut is teeming with information. So if you've ever known what it feels like to have butterflies in your stomach or a pit in your stomach that feels like dread is coming, then that is your gut speaking loud and clear. If it's butterflies, it's saying, yes, 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 I'm so excited, I want that. And if it's this dread or a pit in your stomach, then it's this feeling of you know this intuitive bodied no. And I love that because I am such a head-based person that I often can feel like I'm just this brain walking around the world on what just happens to be the scaffolding of my body. And I don't really take the time to tune into what's happening from a physical perspective, but that's actually where so much of our wisdom comes from. And something I like to do whenever I'm feeling a strong feeling is just to think, okay, where do I feel this? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my heart? Is it in my lungs? Is it in my brain, my third eye? Whatever it might be, there's always a feeling that is located somewhere in your body. Another way to think about intuition as a hunch So I love this idea of following your hunches. And the way to do that is you kind of keep a really open, curious mind. You don't assume that you know all the answers. You're kind of in this state of what they call Shoshin in Zen Buddhism, more commonly known as beginner's mind. This idea that you have this really open, fresh, childlike wonder to the world where you're very open to what might and could be, and you're able to follow your hunches, even though they may not make sense right away, et cetera, but you know that there's something there that you have to follow, even if you don't know what it is. So this is all to say that intuition is a real thing. It's not fake. It's not just like your brain playing tricks on you. I always like to think about this amazing study that some psychologists did where they essentially studied car buyers, people who are shopping for a car, and the people who relied only on information analysis were ultimately happy with their car purchases only about 25% of the time. On the other side of the coin, the people who made intuitive purchases were happy 60% of the time. So that's a huge difference, right? 25% versus 60%. And what scientists gleaned from the study is that when we rely on smaller data samples, something that's called thin slicing, it actually allows our brains to make really good decisions even in the absence of lots of information. And so I think that it's this kind of amazing process that even we as humans don't even fully understand, but we have to give so much respect to. I think that all the intuitive decisions that I've made in my life have been the best ones, even if I couldn't really see why I was making them at the time or how they really made sense. Even with picking Dev as my partner, I feel like I had this idea in my mind of who I thought I should be dating. It was like, oh, I should date some person who works in private equity or at a hedge fund or has a really stable career, which will allow me to then be the one with more of an unstable career and to take risks. So this person's here to support me. And when I met Dev, he was not that. He had just finished writing a book 
And he was someone who kind of really believed in just having faith in one's career, not planning it out at all, and just letting the chips fall where they may and going with the flow. And it scared me, it really scared my rational mind. It scared me so much to the point where I actually even broke up with him after the first couple of dates because I just thought, you know what, rationally, this isn't going to make sense for me and who I am. But after a while, I really missed him. And I couldn't help but just reach out to him and say, I want to try again. And we did. And then in the moment as well, as we were trying to rekindle our romance, I had this real intuitive yearning to want to do this crazy adventure with him and go on a cargo ship with him. You know, it came up in conversation, but I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And it was such a yes for me. It was such a yes. And of course, I started overthinking it. I had cold feet. But going, actually going, was the best thing I ever did with my life because we fell in love on that trip. And it didn't make sense on paper, you know? It was our 10th date that we were on that cargo ship together with no internet, no phone, no friends, nothing to do but spend time with each other. And we barely knew each other. We had never even spent the night at each other's places before we went on that cargo ship together. And that was an intuition thing that I'm so grateful for. And I really feel this tension within myself where I do feel like because I'm an empath and I'm so intuitive, I have strong intuition, but I'm also so intellectually focused that I find myself talking my intuition out of it. I'm thinking of rational reasons why my intuition doesn't make sense or why I can't trust it or why I need to go in the opposite direction. And so that's really what I'm working on this week is how to step away from this very limited, intentional, rational brain and allow myself to totally devote my energy into cultivating my intuition. So the first thing that I'm doing with that is taking care of my physical body. It's a no-brainer. During times when I need more clarity, I absolutely know that I have to eat well, I have to sleep well, I have to exercise, mostly doing yoga. I really like doing the Laughing Lotus yoga classes online. Feels like it opens up this incredible energetic channel in my system. And then also I need to be positive with myself. I need to have a positive mental attitude towards myself so that I can trust myself. So again, those are four things. I need to eat, sleep, exercise, and treat myself like the goddess that I am. Think of myself as a person who's worthy of respect for her intuition. And the second thing I do is I really give myself a lot of stillness and a lot of silence. And so that might involve taking longer showers than I normally do or taking baths. I love going for walks with my dog during times when I really need to heighten my intuition. It's what I call liminal space. In architecture, liminal space is a term that means the physical spaces between one destination and the next. It's a transition area between two locations or two states of being. And typically, liminal space feels abandoned, right? It feels like not a real place because you're just sort of biding time between one real thing and the next real thing. But I actually think liminal space is like the most important. It's like the time that you're riding the subway between one location and the next. It's you riding your bike before you get to an appointment, or it's even you waiting for a friend to meet you. 
whatever it is. And I think it's in those moments where that space exists, that those hunches and that intuition can come. But if you think about it, your intuition is a voice that needs to be heard. And you can only hear it calling out if there is quiet and calm. If there are so many other voices screaming for your attention, whether it's your voice or the voice of other people around you, then how can your intuition ever be heard? So I like to think of this as a real going inward, a quieting down, a development and nurturing of that liminal space so that you can hear yourself think. And it's not like you just need 30 minutes focusing on hearing yourself think. You need spaciousness. You can't force yourself to come up with a revelation or to hear your intuition, but you really need to set up the habit of having that time every day, whether it is a walk that you have every day, or it's during yoga, or it's during a meditation practice, whatever it is that helps you tap into those in-between zones where you can hear yourself, then just do that, whatever feels best for you. So I personally am gonna do that by making time for a quick five to 10 minute meditation after yoga. So after I already know that the energy is flowing from my physical practice, I can then sit with everything that's happening in my mind and my heart through meditation as well. And then the third suggestion that I'll make now in terms of tapping into intuition is what I call your toolkit, things to bounce off of. So if you haven't gotten yourself a tarot deck, highly, highly, highly recommended. And I don't really think of tarot as this overarching force that tells me what to do. Rather, I think of it as a way to have something concrete that I can see how I feel to bounce my own ideas and reactions against. So if I see a card, doesn't mean that I need to be like, okay, what's this card trying to tell me? I just know the meaning of the card. I understand the meaning. And then I ask myself, Liz, what does this mean to you? So I think anything like that, tarot, oracle decks, palm reading, whatever it might be, astrology, whatever helps you to put language in words and to bounce off of whatever it is you're seeing, then can really, really help with your intuition right now. So do that, get into the tarot, light some candles, make it really fun for yourself. And then I also love this tool that I've been using recently where I will actually write the question that I have on a piece of paper and then I'll write yes or no underneath it. So I'll write actually both yes and no underneath it. The key is that the question needs to be action-oriented. It cannot be a question like, do you love your dad? Because that's either a yes or a no, but there's no action to it. The question of, should I go visit my dad this weekend? That is actually a question that you can ask. So what I have been doing, or rather what I did for this question of the house was, I wrote the question, should we buy this house? And I wrote the house address. And underneath that, I wrote yes, and then I wrote no. And then I went and did my own thing for a couple hours. I worked a bit, took a shower, did some exercise. And then when I finally came back to my notebook, I held my pen in my hands. I closed my eyes, took three long breaths in and out, just trying to feel into the question. And then I opened my eyes and I circled the very first answer that I saw, whether it was yes or no. And that is a way of me being able to do a temperature check on my gut without overthinking it. Just literally just pick the first thing. That's what my gut, that's what my instinct says. 
So try that sometime. It's actually really fun. Now I want to talk about the question of how do you know whether it's your intuition or your fear speaking? So again, I'll use that example with dating my husband, where when I first broke up with him that time, I think it was really my fear speaking, but I thought it was my intuition. I thought I was like, okay, this is what my heart is telling me to do. I'm just not into this. I just can't do it. But now I look back and I really see that it was my fear. So the question is, how do you differentiate between what is truly your soul and your heart's desire versus maybe what is your brain trying to talk you into doing something that you don't actually really want when it comes to what your heart's truest, truest, truest desires are. And the best answer I can think of for this is to just check and make sure that you're not doing it based on what other people think, what other people will say, or how this will be perceived by any single external party. So just ask yourself three questions. One, am I doing this because it's what I think I should do, right? Is there an expectation there? Are you doing it because you think you should be doing it? If it's a yes, then it's probably not the right answer and probably not your intuition. Question number two, am I doing this because of what other people think? And if the answer is yes, then that's not your intuition speaking, right? That is something else. That's your fear. That's you wanting to fit in. That's you prioritizing what other people think versus what your soul wants. And then lastly, three, you ask yourself, am I just doing this because I'm in a rush to find an answer? Are you just making a decision and making a choice because you don't like being in the in-between place? The uncertainty, the in-between are so uncomfortable that you'd rather just make a choice. And if your answer is yes, that you're just choosing something for the sake of choosing, so you don't have to be in an in-between place anymore, then that's also how you know that your answer probably isn't the right one. You probably aren't doing the thing that is truly your heart's desire. So again, I'll just play that back. And figuring out if it's your fear speaking, or if it truly, truly is your intuition that is driving you, then ask yourself, am I doing this because it's what I think I should be doing? Number two, am I doing this because I'm factoring in and paying attention to what other people think of me? And then three, am I making this decision just so that I can be decided, just so I can move on and I can have something stable in my life? And if the answer to any of those are yes, then it's time to go back to the drawing board. So that's it, you guys. It's all I have for you today. I just wanted to tell you that you are so powerful. Your intuition is so powerful, even more strong and gifted than you even give it credit for. You know, I think so many of us spend our whole lives giving credit to our rational brains when we should really be thinking our intuition. So see if you can be thankful and grateful for your intuition today. See if you can remember that your intuition is an incredible gift to have. It's a gift of inspiration. It's a gift of newness and growth. And see if you can be happy and settled there. And then secondarily, give yourself everything that you need in order to make sure that your intuition is flourishing. So eating well, sleeping well, treating yourself well, etc. So that's it, you guys. I hope you make a lot of really, really good intuitive decisions this week. And as always, this is a reminder for you to do three things right now. 
One, love yourself. Two, listen to yourself. And three, say yes to life so that life can say yes to you. So thank you guys. If you have been enjoying the podcast, please, please, please rate it. I will be extremely grateful for the rest of my life. If you rate and review the podcast, leave a little positive note and thinking of you all out there. Happy Mercury retrograde. Good luck.